As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Praise the Lord, I'm Michael Jakes, and welcome to the Cutting It Right Bible Study. We're here once again with a Bible study for your soul. We pray that all is well with you once again as we do open up the Word of God. Tonight, we are continuing in our series entitled Cross-Talking, and right now, we are in the midst of a study concerning the total, complete, absolute defeat of the devil. Yes, we are talking about the defeated devil, and just how defeated is the devil, amen? That's what we're uh, talking about these days, and we pray, and we thank you. Uh, for joining us, we pray that your time spent here in God's Word will be a fruitful one indeed. Uh, you can find us on our website at that's the word.org if you need more information about who we are. You can also go to our YouTube channel, which is That's the Word Ministries, and you can become a subscriber if you have not done so already. You can also go over to Spreaker.com. Shout out to those of you who are listening also right now live and downloading our, our uh, podcast on Spreaker.com from across the United States and around the world. We thank you uh, for joining us. Amen. We do see you and we thank you so much. Uh, for allowing us to be a part of what you do. Amen. Uh, tonight, as I said, we are going to continue in our series entitled Cross uh, Cross Talking, and we're talking about the defeated devil. Amen. The defeat of Satan at the cross is complete. Not it has been completed. Now, that's not how I want to phrase it. It was, it is complete. He is a defeated foe. But also what we want to make sure that we understand is that, as we brought out last time, a defeated foe is a most dangerous foe. A most dangerous foe. Amen? So we're going to be talking about all of that tonight. And once again, grab your smart device, grab your Bible as we take a trek through the Word of God. Amen? We're going to pray, and we're going to get right into this study uh, for this time. Amen? Lord, we honor you once again, and we thank you for giving us this opportunity to open up your Word. We pray that for the next few minutes, Lord, that you might be the silent listener to all that we do and say. Lord, we are speaking about the cross. And Lord, we know that we, our, our, words must be, our, our words must be correct uh, as we speak about the cross. So Lord, we pray that we do no violence to your word. Lord, we don't want any flesh to be glorified in your presence. Lord, we pray for clarity of mind and heart and spirit, even as your word does go forth. Lord, I pray that you will anoint the ears and the hearts and minds of those who will be under the sound of your word tonight. Lord, we want you to have your way as always. So, Lord, be with us now. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we have spoken, uh, as I have said many times before, God bless you, my brother Frank. As we have spoken many times before, when we talk about the cross, when we talk about the cross, uh, Satan is not pleased. Satan is never pleased when we talk about his defeat. Satan is never pleased when we talk about the cross, when we talk about the blood. Uh, Satan is never, uh, never pleased when we talk about uh, the complete, uh, the complete uh, ruin of himself that happened at the cross. Amen. And so, uh, once again, uh, we glory, uh, we glory in it. Uh, but Satan, Satan uh, does not appreciate uh, any talk of the cross. Amen. That's why he wants to. That's why Satan seeks to keep. And when I say Satan, Satan is an all-encompassing name. And I'm, I'm just, I'm talking about all of the demonic hosts. I'm talking about evil spirits, demons. I'm, I'm talking about the whole host. We know that Satan is only at one place at one time. We understand that. And so when we say that Satan is not, it is true that Satan is not. I'm not saying that Satan is sitting around listening to this particular podcast. You know, that's not what I'm saying. <coughs> but I'm saying anytime. Anytime that God's people bring up the subject of the cross of Jesus Christ, it wears him out because he knows that it was at the cross that he was 
supremely defeated. Amen. <clears throat> now we spoke about a lot of scriptures last week, and we're going to review. We're going to review a lot of that tonight, and we're going to get into some new material. Uh, as we spoke last, as we spoke last time, uh, we said that the cross means that the devil is a defeated foe. The devil is a defeated foe. Uh, and we talked about several instances in the Bible that talks about how defeated he is. First, uh, if I can just go over these scriptures uh, very quickly, uh, in the book of John, uh, John chapter number 12 and verse 31, we said that Satan, uh, we said that Satan, the Bible says that Satan is cast out. Here's what it says. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. The prince of this world. Amen. He is cast out. The ruler of this particular age. That's going to come into play a little later on in the study. Keep that keep that phrase in mind. Prince of this world. Keep that in mind. But the Bible says here uh, that Satan is now <clears throat> that he has been judged. Satan has been judged, ejected, uh, expelled. Uh, he has been sent away uh, pretty much. Amen. John ch chapter number 16 in verse number 11, we mentioned the fact that the Bible says that Satan, uh, first of all, has been cast out. Here is where it says in 1611 that he has been judged. Here's, here's what it says. Of judgment because the prince of this world, once again, has been judged. He has been judged. Um, first John chapter number, first John chapter 3 and verse number 8 <clears throat> makes this statement. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, for this purpose the Son of God was manifest or made known, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The devil has works. The devil has things that he does. And we're going to be talking about uh, over the next several uh, uh, sessions some of the things that the devil does. Okay, once again, his power has been usurped. His power has been taken away, but yet and still, he works. He works. Now, once again, this is not a contradiction of, a contradiction of terms. To say that his power has been depleted, to, to say that his power has been taken away, and then say that he works because Satan, uh, because he does retain a modicum of power. This is not a contradiction of terms. He is yet still able to work in the heart and minds of, of individuals through devious means. He is a master at what he does. And I'm not trying to give the devil any props. But he is a master at what he does. And we in ourselves are no match for the devil. Amen. We in ourselves. In ourselves. We are no match for the devil. Never get in a verbal contest with the devil. Uh, he, he, he is totally devious. And he is... He, the, the reason why we, we talk about Satan uh, being devious, uh, we read in the book of Genesis that he, he used the serpent. The Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any other creature. Okay, because it was, it was the, the, the serpent that Satan used to deceive Eve. And so we know uh, that, that Satan has his wits about him. Okay, in a, in a very devious way, he has his wits about him. But the Bible says, that Jesus came to destroy his works. To destroy his works. And that's important that we that we keep that in mind. <clears throat> now the, that word that word destroy simply means to loosen. To loosen, to dissolve, to break up. We must not look at this word destroy here and think of it in the way that we understand the word destroy. I mean totally obliterated, totally you know, totally gone. No, no, no. That's that's not quite the measure of the word destroy here. It means to loosen and to break up, uh, to dissolve, to put off. That is what happened to his works. Amen. He is not able. Satan is no longer, and he actually never has been able, but he is not able to do what he wants when he wants. The Bible does say that he did have the power of death. But even that has been taken away from him by Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ now has the keys of hell and of death. Amen. So that's important uh, to remember. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter number, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 14. We're just having a quick review of what we uh, spoke about last time. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 14 puts it this way. 
For as much as the children are partakers of the of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, anytime you talk about the death of Christ, we're talking about the cross, uh, that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So here, once again, Satan had the power of death, uh, but through Christ's death on the cross, he destroyed him. Now, now this word destroy is actually, of course, it's the same in English. We see this word destroy here, and we see the word destroy uh, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 8. But in the Greek, in the original language, these are two different words, and they have a different connotation. Here, the word destroy, talking about destroying the devil, it, it means that he has been rendered useless. He has been rendered useless. Uh, he has been made entirely idle. Uh, he has been brought to naught, made void, uh, and put down or put away. That's what it means. That's what destroy means here. Now, once again, it still does not mean uh, that Satan does not exist. We know that he still yet exists. We know that he still yet exists because his influence is throughout this world. First John talks about that the whole world is under the sway or basically the control of the devil. So he still he still is active in this world. Okay, he is still the he is still the prince of the power of the air. Uh, he is still the one overlooking the, uh, the 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 principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness. He is still the one that oversees all of that. Jesus three times in the Gospels calls him the prince of this world, and so Satan once again he is active. He is active in this world, so he has not been obliterated. Okay, when the Bible here talks about him being rendered useless, it's talking about the fact, once again, he is not able to accomplish the things that he would in his own will. He cannot do it. He cannot do what he wants to do. Anything that he does requires permission from the sovereign God. Wow. Anything the devil does requires permission from the sovereign God. Anything that Satan does, and once again, it, 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 it rolls down and carries down to all of those who, in whom he, quote, controls. Uh, once again, the demons, principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, all of, his authority spills down. But Satan's authority, of course, is God himself. And he cannot do anything on his own. That's, that's so important. And once again, this, these are things that Satan does not want us to remember. These are things that Satan does not want us to understand. Satan does not want God's people to understand his limitations. He is limited. Absolutely, he is limited. And the more we can understand that Satan is limited, the less power that we will, the less power that he will have against us. Once again, we are still prone to sin. Because we still retain this sin nature. But we are not always able to say the devil made me do it. That is a phrase that has been made very popular. and But it's not always the truth. Satan does not always make you do it. He, Satan in actuality cannot make. At least this is what I believe. I do not believe. I, I've heard otherwise. And I understand where, where people are coming from when they say it. But I personally do not believe that Satan can force you. I mean, literally, like a, like a taskmaster, just make you do whatever he wants to do. I do not believe that the child of God can fall into, into the category of being a slave of the devil. You do what I say or else. Even if you don't want to do it, you do this or else. I, I, I just don't see, I just don't picture and see the child of God in that way. There is always a choice that we have. We do not have to do what the devil says. When when we are tempted, however we are tempted, we do not have to fall prey to it. We do. When we do, we do. But we do not have to. It's not because we were forced to do it. I do not believe that we were forced or made to do it. And then when it's all said and done, whatever it may be, when it's all said and done, it's like, I, I couldn't help it. It, I, I, it wasn't my fault because I couldn't help it. No, 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 no. We choose. Okay, God has given us a will and we choose to do what we choose to do. We choose not to do what we choose not to do. 
this is how I, this is how I believe. Uh, so it may differ from, it may differ from what you or maybe others may believe, but this is where I stand on that particular matter that Satan cannot make you force you, push you into sin, tempt, tempt completely. He absolutely has the power to tempt you. Okay, he ha absolutely has the power. And once again, when he does tempt, it's because Satan, God gives him that, gives him that rope to do so. And so, yes, he will tempt you. And through observation, through observation, this is, this is how it, it, it must happen. Through observation, Satan and all those who are under him, all of these evil spirits, and once again, Satan, you and I probably have never been personally uh, tempted by Satan. So so all of these evil spirits and, and, and what have you, uh, they, they observe and they see what makes you move, what makes you tick. They, they, and, and, they, and, and, and they know your weaknesses. They don't know your heart. They don't know what's in your mind. They don't know what you're thinking. They don't know what you're going to do, but based on, based on observation, watching you, I believe they come up with a, with a battle plan against the child of God and they work accordingly. This is, this is how I believe that it takes place. Um, and so he does tempt, he does tempt, uh, is that, that's important that we understand it. Okay. Um, that's okay. That's important that we understand that Colossians chapter number two, let's go to Colossians chapter number two. Uh, one of my favorite, I have to say one of my favorite verses. I always uh, talk about Colossians, uh, chapter number two, uh, because, uh, Colossians chapter number two, it, it shows us once again, the extent, the extent of Satan's power and how it has been limited and how it has been taken away. We read uh, Colossians chapter number two uh, and verse number 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, having spoiled principalities and powers. In other words, disarmed. Okay, remember earlier we talked about the fact that Satan, uh, that Jesus came to destroy uh, the works of the devil. Well, how did he go? How did how were those works destroyed? How were his? How did Satan's works come to naught? How are they continuing to come to naught? Because he has been disarmed, disarmed. Okay. Now this applies. This applies to those who are in Christ. Mainly, this applies to those who are in Christ. Mainly, Satan. Once again, we repeat it because it's it's what we need to know. It's what we need to be reminded of. Satan does not have any power over the child of God. Satan does not have any power over the child of God. Now we have to understand what that means. It doesn't mean that we can walk into a place uh, where sin is abounding. And just believe that God is going to carry us through uh, and protect us uh, because don't worry, God is with me. Don't worry, I'm not going to be tempted. Don't worry. No, 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 no. The Bible says that we do not put God to a foolish test. Do not tempt the Lord thy God. And so we don't walk into a place with our eyes wide open. We don't walk into a lion's den on purpose and don't worry, God is going to protect me. Watch out. Uh, watch out. Be very, very careful. Amen. Um, we must understand uh, that the fact that his that the fact that he does not have any power over the child of God, we must understand uh, what that means. Amen. It means for the fact that as we as we place our faith in Christ, as we place our faith in Christ and we trust in his finished work. And once again, this includes, we're talking about the blood, we're talking about the blood of Jesus here. Once we embrace the blood, once we embrace the cross, there is nothing that Satan can do with the blood of Jesus. There is nothing that he can do with the blood of Jesus. It has paralyzed him. As far as the child of God goes, it has paralyzed him. He cannot do anything to work against it. Now, once again, 
he will still attempt to do what he does. We're going to get into some things, as I said, in, in a little bit. He will still continue to do what he does. But he has no power over you. He cannot lord it over you or I. He cannot. Amen? That's important that we understand that. It doesn't mean, once again, that we are invincible. Okay? We must not have that type of pride. I'm invincible. You can't hurt me, devil, because I'm a child of God. Yes, yes. But we have to understand, we must look at, look, take that statement very properly. Okay? We, we must not become, we must not become uh, inflamed in our minds. <laughs> inflamed is probably the wrong word. We, we must not allow ourselves to come to a place uh, where we think that we cannot be beat. And that Satan cannot do any harm against us. That Satan cannot do anything against us because of who I am. Yes! Understand what I mean now. I, I, I'm not contradicting everything that I just said. Uh, but the Bible talks about pride. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Okay? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Do not think that you are, we must not come to a place where that we think that we are above sin. That we are above sin. That we are incapable of sin. That we are incapable of Satan uh, bringing us down through deception or through some other nefarious means. We must not come to that place <clears throat> where we think that we can overcome Satan within ourselves. Within ourselves. Because when pride when pride begins to, begins to take a hold of your life, it means that you are no longer looking at Christ. Because when we keep our eyes on Christ, that will keep us settled. Keeping our eyes on Christ and remembering what happened on the cross will keep us humble. But when pride comes, pride comes, it means that you are now looking at yourself. You are now putting all of your eggs in your own basket. You're thinking that you're going to make it because of you. Because of you. You have taken your eyes off of Christ and you, you have become your own object of faith. I'm putting my faith in myself because, watch out. No, keep your eyes on Jesus. Your eyes are on Jesus, you're going to be, there's going to be humility. Okay, and humility is going to keep you in the right place where you need to be. Amen? So that's important that we understand that. So I continue to say that Satan has no power over the child of God. Okay? Once again, no contradiction of terms. Satan cannot do what he wants to do with us, to us, in us. He cannot. As our eyes, our faith is latched on, locked into Christ and his finished work. Embracing the cross, embracing his blood, embracing this gospel, Satan does not have a chance. Okay? Satan does not have a chance. Question. When the Lord was tempted, his defense was the word of God. Would you agree? The word of God is our best defense. We refute a lie with the truth. The word of God is never, the word of God is never, uh, is never going to be that which will harm you or hurt you, okay? Now, Christ himself, Christ himself, as he dealt with the devil uh, here on earth, Christ had not yet gone to the cross. Let's remember that. Christ had not yet gone to the cross. He had not yet become that sacrifice. He was going to be that sacrifice, but he was not yet that sacrifice, okay? Uh, and so he, uh, he is, Christ himself is, the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Christ was the Word, is the Word. Uh, and so he was within, he was in, uh, within his rights uh, to, to combat uh, Satan through the Word of God. Now, what do you and I do? What do you and I do as we deal with the devil? I remember early in my Christian life, Early in my Christian, and not just early, early and throughout my Christian life up until uh, many, several years back, several years back, uh, this is this was option number one to deal with the devil. Uh, the Word of God, uh, Bible memorization. You know, you find the find the verses that deal with what you are dealing with, 
And when Satan comes calling, when Satan comes knocking, when he comes tempting, use those scripture verses and Satan will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee from you and you can expect the devil to go away. <clears throat> now, once again, I don't find any harm in in using the word of God uh, because the word of God did cause Satan in the, uh, in the wilderness uh, to flee. But now that Christ has come, but now that Christ has come, we have a, I don't want to say a better option, okay? I don't want to use, I don't want to say a better option because Christ is the word. But his blood, his blood, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 11, and they overcame, we over, they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not, and they did not love their lives unto the death. Now that is speaking about Technically speaking, that is talking about the future Christians who will be in the midst of the tribulation, which has not come yet because church is still here. Uh, but uh, what was true, what will be true of the tribulation saints is yet still true for us right now in this present world. We overcome Satan by the blood. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Our testimony is that it was the blood of Jesus Christ that crushed Satan. That it was the blood of Jesus Christ that sent Satan running. It was the blood of Jesus Christ that took his power. Okay, It was the blood of Jesus Christ that destroyed his works. And so it is through the blood uh, that we deal with temptation also. It is through the blood. Okay? We embrace we embrace the truth that Jesus died for our sins. We embrace the truth that Jesus Christ, that his death on the cross paid the price that was necessary. We embrace the truth that Jesus' death on the cross, his blood, destroyed the works of the devil and took his power away. And so I'm not going to say that the word of God has has no place when it comes to temptation. No place at all. But I'm going to say that it is by the blood. It is through the blood of Jesus that Satan was put down. It was through the blood. Once again, Christ had not yet gone to the cross when he spoke to Satan. And he spoke from himself. He is the word and he spoke the word and Satan could not refute what was being spoken. More so, Satan cannot deal with a saint with the saint of God who has embraced the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hope that hope that helps. Amen. Now, when we talk about, when we talk about, and once again, we're still reviewing very quickly. We're halfway through here tonight, but we're still reviewing very quickly uh, those things that we brought up last uh, last time we got together. And once again, uh, Genesis chapter three, very quickly, uh, Genesis chapter three and verse number fifteen, we said was the great uh, proto uh, evangelium, uh, that first gospel, uh, where we see the gospel being preached. Uh, for the very first time, when we read, and I will put enmity uh, between thee uh, and the woman, uh, and and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise uh, his heel. Uh, the animosity and the hostility that exists uh, between Satan's seed, and that, that is all those all those who don't know the Lord, and the woman's seed, uh, Christ, and all of those who put their faith in him, that animosity, uh, it would come to a head at the cross. And the Bible says that Satan, uh, that his uh, his head uh, would be bruised. That would be a death blow. Okay, But Satan, as it pertains to Jesus, uh, that his heel would be bruised. Meaning that there would be some wounds in his physical body, but nothing that would keep him in the ground. He would rise again. Amen. So once again, there is nothing that Satan can do that can stand against uh, the blood of Jesus. Amen. Nothing. All right. Now, in the time in the time remaining, let's talk a little bit about what uh, what Satan can do to the child of God. Yes, to the child of God. Okay. Once again, but I thought you said that he has no power against the child of God. 
Once again, this modicum, this measure of power to carry out his nefarious deeds, okay? That he, he retains. He retains. He, he works very stealthily. Okay, he works very, very stealthily. Uh, uh, number one, what power does Satan have? And I'm putting power in quotations because it is a limited power. It is not an all-consuming power. It is a power that is... Uh, it is a power that has been diminished greatly. As far as the child of God goes, not really any power at all. As long as, once again, we stay under the blood. And we embrace the cross. But for those who don't know him, he is able to do whatever whatever he pleases. When I say whatever he pleases, I'm not trying to indicate that Satan is a free agent. He never is. Not even with those who don't know the Lord. He is not a free agent, but he has more power. They have no they have no cloak. They have no protection. Those who are unsaved have no protection at all. And so Satan is free to 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 capitalize on that fact that they don't know Jesus. Amen. Satan number 1. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8, the Bible says very simply uh that he uh seeks uh to Swallow. First, let me go to First Peter, uh, chapter number five, and verse number eight. These are very familiar portions of scripture here that we're getting ready to speak on. First Peter, chapter uh, five, and verse number eight. Be sober. We're told to be sober. We're told to be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, our adversary. That's who Satan is. He is our adversary. He is our personal enemy. He is against us. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, swallow up. He's look. He's he's pictured here as a as a as a predator. He's walking around, looking, seeking who is not armed, who is not embracing the cross, who is drifting. Who has become a carnal Christian? Who? He, he, he's looking. He's, he's looking for holes. He's looking for cracks. He's looking for those who have allowed their minds and their hearts to become uh, weakened by the things that are in this world. We are told to be sober, be in our right mind, and be vigilant. We have to always be watchful because Satan, he's prowling, he's looking, he's looking for someone. And so this is how he can manage to, to, to have power. Once again, power that he doesn't really have. But if we are not living soberly, and this has nothing to do with being drunk and being sober. Once again, it's talking about being in our right mind. Okay, if we are not living soberly, if we are not living uh, vigilantly, if we are not being watchful, if we're not watching our steps as we move, as we travel through this world, Satan can come up under and he can catch us uh, and he can catch us by surprise. This is what Satan can do. So we must be mindful of that. Amen. Now, when we look when we go, when we continue, uh, we see uh, that Satan also in the book of John, uh, John chapter number eight and verse number forty-four. John chapter number eight and verse number forty-four. Here's what we read: "Ye are of your father, the devil." These are very, very pointed words that he uses con uses concerning Satan. Okay. Very indicting words, but here's what Jesus says. He says, "Ye are." He's talking. He's talking to the Pharisees. He says, "Ye are of your father, the devil." Now, once again, notice what this, this statement. He is saying that the Pharisees who did not know the Lord, he says, their father is the devil. He is the one who is ruling and reigning over them. Not trying to signify that they are possessed, but he is the one who. He is the one that is ruling over them. Your father, the devil, and ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. Okay? 
Like father, like child. <laughs> That's what Jesus say. Like father, like child. Okay? You're acting, you're, you're acting just like your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. It's his nature. It's who he is. He cannot, he cannot depart from being who he is. That nothing is going to change that. He is a liar. He speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. What am I bringing out? I'm bringing out the fact that Satan deceives. He is a liar. And he will lie to you and I. He lies. He lies through various means. He takes scripture and he rewords it. He takes scripture and he twists it. Uh, he is he is the... Uh, he is the creator, and I know that Satan cannot create as God creates, but he is, and let me just use a different word, he is He is the maker of, of false doctrine, false teaching. Uh, the Bible talks about doctrines of demons, and Satan is, Satan is the magistrate over these doctrines, okay? He is the, quote, professor of these particular teachings, doctrines of devils and there are many many doctrines of devils that have come into the church and have permeated the church in one way or another and twisted scripture and turned it and ch and tried to change it but he is he is the one from where it all comes from okay uh, so he is a deceiver and if you and I place ourselves under someone who is spreading false teaching, we must never come to the conclusion that a false teacher, uh, a, a, well, first of all, a false teacher most of the time does not know that they are a false teacher. They don't realize it, okay? And I find it very, I find it very unnerving, very unnerving when a false teacher begins to talk about false teachers, not realizing that they are a false teacher themselves, okay? Once again, I'll repeat myself. I find it very unnerving when I see a a false teacher exposing false teachers and talking about the marks of a false teacher, not realizing that they that they are pouring out false teaching themselves. I've seen false teachers who teach uh, false teaching, how to how to detect a false teacher, and not realizing that they have also put some false teaching out there themselves, okay? Uh, so Satan deceives, and if we place ourselves under someone uh, who is a known false teacher, uh, you, we have to be very careful who we allow to speak into our lives. We must not think that false teaching will not affect us. False teaching will affect you. It will affect you because what you are doing when you place yourself under false teaching, the Bible says that you have placed yourself under the spirit of error. The spirit of error. And we must be very careful. Okay, we must be very careful that we do not embrace false teaching. We must not embrace. Now we know that there's error and we know that there is just straight up, straight up deception lies. I do believe that the two... Can, there's a separation between the two. I do believe that uh, someone can uh, someone can can uh, make an error uh, and come with a wrong uh, uh, come with a wrong interpretation on something, and yet have it not be as devious as something just some someone just presenting something that's not even in the Bible, or someone who who chooses to take something out of the Bible that is right there. Okay. Errors can happen, but once again, we still must not uh, we must not say that the Holy Ghost has anything to do with error. The Holy Ghost has nothing to do with doctrines of devils. The Holy Ghost has nothing to do with whatever flows from a spirit of error. Okay, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit travels in truth. The Holy Spirit is all about lifting up Jesus. There is no untruth. There is no error. There is no deception in the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? In the Holy Spirit. There is none of that. And so whenever there is false teaching or false doctrine, 
The Holy Spirit has nothing to do with it. I don't care what books or whatever someone has read. I don't care what someone said that the Lord told them, revealed to them. Uh, if, it, if it does not, if it is not scriptural, if it is not in the word of God, then they have not heard from the Lord. They have not heard from the Spirit of God. So we must make sure that we understand uh, that. So, so Satan deceives. That's one. That's one way that he can uh, can use his modicum of power against the child of God, lying, lying. And we must have we must have discernment enough to know when the devil is lying. That's why we must know the word ourselves. What does the Bible say? I need to know what the Bible says so that I will not become a victim of his lies. That I will not become a victim of error. That I will not become a victim of twisted scripture. I need to know the word for myself. That is so important. Thirdly, in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, we see another, another way that Satan can can have a and, and gain a modicum of power uh, in a Christian's life. Uh, we see in First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, uh, chapter number two, uh, and verse number eighteen is what it says. It says, "Wherefore we would have come, <clears throat> we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, <clears throat> but Satan." Hindered us. Satan hindered us. And so we see that Paul was trying to progress in carrying out the gospel. He wanted to visit. Uh, he wanted to visit those with whom he had uh, he had shared the gospel with. But Satan hindered. Blocked. Okay? That's what Satan does. Satan Hinders. He does all he can to hinder the child of God. He does everything he can to hinder the spread of the gospel. And he will do anything within his means to stop the spread of the gospel. Okay? Anything. Anything. He will do anything that he... First of all, he has to come up with a plan. Okay? He has to come up with a plan... Lord, may I. Because once again, he cannot do what he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. And if he is given the freedom to do a certain thing, then he will forge ahead and do what he does. Okay? Never has Satan ever spoiled God's plans. Not even from the beginning. Okay? It wasn't, he did not spoil God's plans. Next week we're going to get into the fact. Next week we're going to get into the fact of uh, that Satan, if only he knew, if only Satan knew what he was doing. Okay, uh, and I know I'm just sort of teasing right now, but next week we're going to talk more about uh, the cross in the sense of why did it all happen. Why did it all happen? Why did it all transpire the way it transpired? We'll get more into that uh, next week. Uh, but the fact remains that Satan does hinder. He does hinder those who are spreading the gospel. He tries to hinder missionaries. He tries to hinder evangelists. He tries to hinder pastors and teachers. He tries to hinder all of those who are in Christ. He tries to hinder all of those who are part of the fivefold ministry. He tries to hinder all of those who are not part of the fivefold ministry. He will hinder. He wants to hinder. Okay? That's all that he block. Stop the work of God by any means necessary. That's what Satan is about. Amen? That's what Satan is about. <clears throat> uh, finally, uh, <clears throat> one more before we go here tonight. Uh, Revelation chapter number 12. Revelation chapter number 12 uh, and verse number 10. Revelation chapter number 12 and verse number 10. Let's read that. It says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, 
Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down <clears throat> which accused them before our God day and night. So once again, we see what the devil is up to. What the devil is up to behind the scenes. We see, we see some of what the devil is up to in the heavenly places. He still has access to the heavenly places. And we see here one of his activities. Accusing us before God day and night. Look at him. Look at her. They're not a Christian. Look what they did. Look how they are accusing us before him. Before the Lord. This is what he does. And so he accuses. He accuses. And it's his hope. And I won't say his prayer because he doesn't pray. Only as a figure of speech I'll use it. He prays that he prays that something that we have done will cause the Lord to take his hand off of us. Okay? This is what he does. He accuses us before God. It says before God day and night. And once again, it simply means that he is always about trying to trying to make us look bad before the Lord. What he forgets is that we are the righteousness of God in him. That's what he doesn't know. That's what he doesn't understand. That's what he doesn't care. We are the righteousness of God in him. And he cannot touch our position. He cannot touch our position. And all these accusations fly against our uh, our uh, condi- our uh, position. He cannot move our position. We are justified. We are sanctified. Amen. And Satan can do nothing against that. Even his accusations. Which are false. Because he's a liar. Okay. That's what he does. Amen. So we'll stop there for, for this particular study. When we come together next time. Uh, we'll, we'll finish off. Uh, we'll, we'll finish off. Uh, looking at the things that uh, that Satan still yet does and attempts to the child of God, and then we will we will move on and and talking about why the cross, why the cross, still talking about the defeated devil, but why the cross? Okay, we'll get more into that next time we come together. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we bless you. We thank you once again. You have given us this opportunity to open up your word. Lord, we pray that as we continue to look into your word, that we'll continue to be blessed. Lord, that you might continue to show yourself mighty as we continue to look to you, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing, for all that you have done. Lord, we expect you to do even more great and mighty things as we continue to open up your word. So, Lord, have your way. Lord, bless those under the sound of this word at this time, whether they're watching live or whether they're watching on the replay. Lord, I pray you might have your way in every heart and every life, Lord Jesus. Lord, draw us into yourself. Lord, we keep our faith in you. Lord, have your way. Bless us together. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is on the throne. Amen. We bless the Lord. We thank the Lord for what he is doing uh, in our midst. We thank him. Uh, we thank him uh, once again uh, for having his way. God bless you, Charity. Uh, God bless you, Brother Angelo and Darlene. God bless you. Thank you uh, for joining us. We know that God is good. We know that God is on the throne. And we pray that God will continue uh, to have his way in your life as you continue to submit unto him. Amen. Let me invite you to join us. We'll be back here. Lord willing, we'll be back here on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Uh, as we conclude our series, as we conclude our series entitled Now Walk With God, amen. Uh, once again, that'll be Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Monday night, Monday night we'll be back uh, with the Line by Line podcast, 2 Corinthians. We'll be finishing off chapter number 5 and we'll be getting into chapter uh, number 6, amen. Uh, Tuesday night, don't forget to join us uh, for our Hot Topic Tuesday Amen. Uh, we'll be <clears throat> we'll be going back into the Word of God. Uh, so I pray that you will join us at that time. That'll be at eight o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we'll be back here, of course, next week with our third installment of the Defeated Devil. Amen. And so God is good. God is on the throne once again, as we said earlier. 
you can find us at our website at that's the word.org. Uh, you can go there and you can find out who we are. Um, uh, you can, you can, uh, leave a donation there if you would, uh, if you so desire. That's always, that's an option that's there on the website. Uh, you can also go to our, uh, YouTube channel, become a subscriber if you have not done so already. Uh, you can also go over to Spreaker.com, uh, and see the other, and listen to the other podcasts that the Lord has enabled us, uh, to, uh, to produce over the years. Um, uh, we've been, we've been doing what we're doing now. We've been doing it for, gee, uh, wow, 2008, maybe 2007, 2008. Uh, so we've been at, we've been doing this for quite some time and we've, uh, we've got a, a catalog of, of, of recordings and podcasts there. Amen. So you can, you can investigate and check those out, uh, on your own. Amen. So we just bless the Lord. We thank you once again for joining us and, uh, Thank you so much for being a part of what we do. Uh, we so much enjoy opening up the Word of God. And we pray that once again that you can take something and apply it to your heart and life that we have read from the Word of God. Amen. I'm Michael Jakes. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you Sunday afternoon, Lord willing. If not, we'll see you the next time you're able to make it out by live or by replay. I'm me. You're you. Have a good night and God bless you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.